I'm Jason, and he's Rich, and this is Remastered, where we're talking part two tonight of our little TV themes kind of special that we've got going on. Rich and I have been playing around with the setup here with, with our audio, and we're ready to play some neat songs. Because we did that last week. Everybody seemed to like it. Everybody seemed to uh, want to log on to simplysyndicated.com slash forums in the Remastered thread and chat about their favorite ones, which you can do too. But Rich, I'm curious to see what you brought this evening, because I, I, I thought kind of last week, like you brought your favorite stuff and you played your favorite stuff first. I've got a pile of stuff. It, it's, it's overwhelming how many TV themes I absolutely love. And when made to pick my favorite, oh, it's so hard. I know those ones last week, they were kind of my favorite, but not at the expense of others, really. I mean, they're all so brilliant, some of these. Especially the 80s ones. I think that there's just something that's intrinsically better about the 80s theme songs because there was more that was put in them. There was there was more stock back then put into the theme song. Oh, I totally and agree. We got a little bit of trash on the forum, as a matter of fact, for not playing probably the big song, the big one. I mean, last week we played Cheers, and this one is a quick runner-up or, or maybe even Beach Cheers to the number one spot. I don't know, but, you know, at the Admiral, Rick from Starbase 66, he was pretty mad that we didn't play this one. Uh, and of course I got the crappy version with the lyrics. The, isn't that the one that was banned? Was it banned? I don't think so. Banned in what sense? Banned in the mustn't be on sale because it's called Suicide is Painless and it came out and lots of people killed themselves. Oh, see, I didn't know this. You know, that was that yeah, was what, the, of the same age, but we were very very small when that came out, so I don't remember much of it. Yeah, that that was. I've still never seen the film Mash. You know, um, I've I've seen the TV show quite I don't extensively. Think that the, I don't think that the film holds up to the TV show. And if you catch me on a Sunday afternoon, you're going to find me probably parked trying to fall asleep in front of the TV show because I still love those old reruns. That's a good show. Oh yeah, it, I I think the TV show totally stands up. It really does, and it was one of those that had that wonderful mix between brilliant comedy and really great drama at times. And you know, I've always thought that Colonel Sherman Potter was kind of a very logical precursor to Captain Picard. Do you know, that kind of makes sense. I never thought of it like that, but I, I kind of see where you're coming from. They're, they're both very powerful older figures. That's true, and both kind of balding a bit. And always in command of themselves before they're in command of others. Absolutely. Great, great role models. Yeah. Captain Picard and the guy from MASH. But, <laughs> yeah, I, so I, as I remember it, and it, this was only a story I was told. I'd Google it, but my laptop's on a sort of weird angle and I don't want to type on it. Um, yeah, because the, the song version was from the movie and then the TV show just had a instrumental, which is fine. But I, think, I like the instrumental version better than I like the, the words. I think it's more powerful when it's just kind of the, the very, very mournful kind of guitar. Yeah. See, and that's it's probably a better way to handle a sort of sitcom that's set against the backdrop of what? The, the UK equivalent is Dad's Army. And that was not quite the same thing. And, it, 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 I'm sure that's nothing at all like, uh, oh, what am I trying to think of? Mash. Major Dad. Major Dad. <laughs> no, it will be very different. It very different from Major Dad. Very okay. different. <laughs> I, I don't know what Major Dad is, but I'm betting that you have absolutely nothing like Dad's Army. 
I actually, now then, this reminds me. Let me see if I can find it. A little while ago, I started putting together on my YouTube page a playlist of classic UK TV shows specifically for you to watch. Let me see if I, if it if it's still there. It should be there on my channel, which is youtube.com slash techsupportrich. And I think I have playlists. Is it there? I don't. I never understand YouTube. Where's Bevan when you need him? He's climbing all over a volcano right now is where he is. Last I knew about Bevan, he was somewhere in Southeast Asia. Yeah, that's that's where he is. I'm in like Southeast Asia. About, was it was it Bangkok that he was in or I don't know, it was Java the last time I heard. That's what it was. Which I thought was either coffee or a programming a programming language named after the coffee. This is so on YouTube. Oh, here we go. Is it on my featured playlist? On the right, if you go to view all, there we go. TV for Jason, it's called. On my playlist, and I've put an episode of Dad's Army on that playlist. So if if you want to actually see, it, I'm not necessarily saying that this is the best episode of Dad's Army. It's just one I happen to find on YouTube. And the same with the ep there's an episode of Only Fools and Horses, and an episode of The Good Life, and Mr. Ben, Chockablock. Number 13 on that playlist. I think if you were to watch Chock-A-Block and understand that this is what I watched when I was sort of two and three years old, everything you know about me now makes sense. So if you can watch that, that little bit of Chock-A-Block. I've got the theme song here on YouTube. I looked it up while you were talking and it looks like it's a very World War II sort yeah. of setting. Because yeah. we had the Home Guard. Which I'm not, I don't think you guys had anything like, because you weren't really under threat of immediate occupation. Like, no, like I we, mean, the, it, it, there was Pearl Harbor, but after that, no, there was no, uh, there, there were no air raids here. Yeah, so what we had was the Home Guard, which was basically a, a home, a, a UK-based defense force made up of everyone that wasn't well enough to be sent to war. So basically, if the Nazis had invaded England, they'd have met, been met by this resistance force of young teenage boys and old retired men who would apparently defend our nation. Thank God it never happened. Um, you, you know, I, I think during World War II, we might have had a similar kind of uh, residential kind of volunteer army guard. Yeah, so that's, that's what they were. It was sort of join up and your own home guard in your town, village, whatever. And so this is the, 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 the sitcom Dad's Army is based around uh, uh, the group, the Home Guard group in Warmington-on-Sea, which I believe is a fictional place, uh, which is sort of a south coast village sort of thing. And it's their job to save us from the Nazis. And hilarity ensues, because they're all totally incompetent. Is the See, comedy. that's a mix that I, I don't think that I could master is comedy and war because I've told Kevin and Omar and Roe this over on Atomic Trivia War 9000, but I don't think I've ever told you. Everything there is about World War II stresses me out. I don't like watching World War II movies. I don't like reading World War II books. I barely like to look through that part of history. I just don't like it. It, it really gets under my skin. There's just something about it where even though I know it's over and I know that the Allies won, I, I just, it really turns my stomach. I I can I understand the feeling. I don't I don't have that with World War Two in particular, but I think I understand the feeling. It's just one of those things that just creeps in and really bothers you. 
And yeah, no, I understand. So I'm going to change the pace. Okay. Rich, which golden girl are you? I have no idea. I have right. I've never seen the Golden Girls. You've never seen the Golden Girls? No. I kind of recognized that tune, and I, I felt like had you played the whole thing, maybe a little bit of it might have registered with me, but no, if I've never seen the Golden Girls, I wouldn't have got it in the end, I think. Aww. The, the Golden Girls is something that I never watched growing up, but Lisa watches it all the time right now. You can catch it on like, some of the oldies TV stations. Yeah. And she finds it to be, like we were talking about last week, one of those comfort food type of, uh, of shows. Right. I, you just sit around with you know old characters who you grew up with, kind of like your grandparents. Right. See, no, I've just never seen it. it was, I remember it being on here in the 80s, maybe early 90s. Maybe. I don't know when it ended. Uh, it but, sounds about right. Yeah. But yeah, I don't remember anyone really watching it. It must well, it was on enough to make it popular. I've seen the house that they lived in. I know that in much. Florida. Yeah. Because it's on the MGM Studios Backlot Tour ride. Right. So right. for that, I've driven past it. It's remarkably close to the house that Blossom lived in. And uh, strangely enough, also remarkably close to the spaceship from Flight of the Navigator. But when you're going to put things on a ride, that's how it has to be, I suppose. It's a nice little ride, that. I enjoyed that one. You know, I love the flight of the Navigator. Yeah, well, you go past the spaceship. It's just there, and it's kind of damaged by the rain and just a big wooden thing, but there it is. So it's just like an abandoned Hulk? Yeah, pretty much. And there's two of them. There's two sat next to each other. And they're sat right next to the tank from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade that they have oh, the fight on. Wow. And then it's sat, that is sat next to something like some of the streetcars from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So that's... Of those, I think... And here I'm going to backslide because I hate World War II, but of those things that you just mentioned, I'd go straight for the tank. See, is, is Indiana Jones detached enough for you? Like, it even is. though it's it's Nazis, it's kind of like, they're not, it's not part of World War Two. No, they're imaginary Nazis. They're like the um, Hellboy Nazis. They're totally fantasy characters. Now, along those lines, have you seen uh, Inglorious Bastards? Yes. And did that give you that thing? Because that's sort of a, a comic book, otherworldly World War Two imagining. That still destroyed me. Right, okay. Like, I, I just clenched my jaw through the whole movie. Granted, that does have carving things into people's faces with machetes as well, which kind of doesn't help. If you're trying to sort of relax through a film, that's not an element that necessarily helps. And there wasn't enough Brad Pitt. Do you know, I thought that as well. It Maybe not until you just said it did it come clear what it was, but I think you're right. It was so marketed that it was a Brad Pitt vehicle. And yeah, I loved the parts that he was in, but they just didn't have him enough. I I wanted his story, and I wanted it to be more focused on his story. But his was definitely the the best character, Aldo Reigns. Yeah. And Michael Fassbender in that as well, who I now suddenly am the hugest fan of. I know. You seem to have a real man crush on him. Did I say, have I said this before then? It just happened after I watched X-Men. 
It's like you've been talking a little, yeah. a little bit about him from time to time. It's really good. He should, he should play me in the movie of my life. <laughs> I'll get onto that. Then we need an American to play you. That we should. I'll think about this. Um, right? Can I can I send a theme tune your way, and we'll see if this registers with you. I feel it might, but for me to not mention this at all would just be a travesty. Okay. Go for it. Until the woodwinds kicked in there, I thought it was going to be the A team again. No, but it, does that did that register with you? Could you tell me what that was? It sounded very familiar. I wouldn't be able to put a finger on it though. Right, that was Thunderbirds, which I thought. Okay, to my knowledge, Thunderbirds just didn't happen over here. Right. Okay. And it might have just been something that I missed. It might have been a time slot that I didn't see. It might have just, you know, aired on the East Coast when I was living on the West Coast. Who knows? There's lots of different holes that that could fall through. But to my knowledge, Thunderbirds was never Americanized. I always thought that the, the British version did well enough over there. But then if you have no idea what it was to the point where you can't identify the theme tune, then clearly it didn't. Um, I suppose it didn't help that when they made a film, it was directed by Commander William Riker, and apparently not all that good. Now, uh, for whatever reason, I also always, in my head, think that Thunderbirds was an animated feature, even though clearly it was not. It was a puppet one, marionettes. Puppet one, okay, that makes yeah. more sense. Um, they were all apparently based on a famous actor of the time, and it was sort of like, because this came out in sort of the 60s, it was before our time. And so if you got it at all, it would have been on reruns and, and things like that. Uh, but it just never seemed to die off. It seemed like every few, every decade or so, there'd be a Thunderbirds resurgence. Cause it's, did it's, it, did it, it kind of fit into the same genre with the 60s Batman? No, not really. It, well, it was never tongue-in-cheek comedy. It was, it was serious, but with puppets. Quite a strange thing, but it's, it's what it was. And it, was part, it fitted in with other shows like Stingray and Captain Scarlet and Joe 90 and uh, possibly some others that I can't remember now, uh, all made by Jerry Anderson, who was just famous for making all these kids' TV shows out with these puppets. And no one ever did anything like it. They're, well, until Team America World Police came along. In fact, that's precisely what it was like. So I'm surprised you don't know that. I really am. But I it was I had to play a Jerry Anderson theme tune. It, it it's yeah. Otherwise I, I wasn't doing English TV themes. Yeah, I'll be the justice. first one to admit that there was just so much TV out there that I'm sure that I've missed an awful lot. There's there's series that I was looking at as I was looking through the list of all the theme songs that I had access to, going, I just I just don't know that one. I never watched that one. I wasn't allowed to watch that one. I threw out an awful lot. So yeah, there's big gaps. But you know what? We haven't talked about my absolute favorite theme song yet. My absolute favorite is 60s sitcom, too. All right, go for it, then. And you'll know this one immediately. Everyone knows this one. But I've got to admit, 
when you were watching Thunderbirds, I was probably watching this in reruns because, man, just so many hours spent in front of the TV watching this in black and white. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this topic point aboard this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailing man. Everybody loves Gilligan's Island. Um, I've got some disappointing news for you. You don't like Gilligan's Island? It's even more disappointing than that, I'm afraid. You've never seen Gilligan's Island? It might even be slightly more disappointing than that. Oh, I'm, I'm cringing now. I don't think anybody in this entire country has ever seen Gilligan's Island. What? I so don't how think... do you weigh in on the, the eternal Ginger versus Marianne debate? It has never been shown on television in this country. Oh, no. I'm just double-checking. I'm on the Wikipedia page for it now. But, no, it has never been on TV in this country. Oh, that is so sad to hear. It's just the it's the best old slapstick. I, I'll take your word for it. I, it's, it's, you can't not be aware of its existence because it's mentioned in so many uh, American things. So many. And I have bits that I've sort of pieced together over 33 years of watching television. But other than that, no, exp no experience with it whatsoever. Do you at least know the premise? That these, these people who are, go out for a boat trip and are stranded on the island. Once again, we're seeing the, the advantage of the theme tune that explains what the show is about. Exactly. It spells it right out for you. So you are aware of the theme tune, at least. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But, you know... Never seen the show. Never had the oh. chance to see the show. Oh, now I'm I'm going to sit back and let you play one because I'm j I just need to stew in my juices over here for a little while and be angry at the entire English subcontinent. Yeah, well, I'll play you one that I, I was reminded of this because the movie was on the other day. And it's one of those that you never think, oh, I'd love to watch that film right now. But when it's on, you you just get so caught up in it. And the TV show that, that preceded it was... So short-lived, especially for an American TV show. I believe there are six episodes of this this thing in existence. And uh, I'll 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 play this, and hopefully you'll just get this right away. Brassy, big band sound. Seems like it would be contemporary to maybe Bewitched or somewhere in there, but That's I, the, I don't know. That is the theme tune to Police Squad with Leslie oh, Nielsen. okay. All uh, right. Kevin always goes on and on. As you know, he's a big Leslie Nielsen fan. Yeah. Goes on and on about Police Squad. I've never seen a single episode. You would very much enjoy Police Squad. Like Here's I said... Here's the thing, and... I, I hate to say this because I'm going to break Kevin's poor little heart, but I don't really like Leslie Nielsen anything. Really? Really. Okay. That whole style of comedy is just not mine. It's It has been done to death since, but I think that sort of the, certainly the first airplane movie, I saw the second one for the first time the other night and found myself laughing all the way through that, so I can't really knock it. 
Now um, I'll watch Airplane, but when you skew off and do Airplane 2, and then the... Uh, what, what were the ones where he was the police guy? Police squad. Oh, Naked Gun. Naked Gun, right. When you start skewing into those, and it's the same format of jokes, and they're they're playing on the format and not the actual content, yeah. that's where I fell off the wagon. I can take the first one. After that, it goes considerably downhill. I think the whole thing kind of wound down, especially when you look at the, the scary movie films that are made by the same people. They're just terrible. Exactly. And how many times can you watch the same scary movie format? Like, what, what are we up to now? Scary movie 18 or something ridiculous? A billion is where it is. I don't know. It's after the... The, the Scary Movie 2 was actually one of the worst films I've ever seen. I, if I ever did a worst films I've ever seen book, oh my god, make a note of that. When I do my worst films I've ever seen book, I'll, I will include Scary Movie 2, because it was just horrendous. Scary Movie 3 actually wasn't terrible, because that's the one where they actually got Charlie Sheen and Leslie Nielsen in and made a proper film. The star of Scary Movie 2, I think, was the eldest brother from Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> which is not you know he's not bad but he's not star power there is he so that's just where they went but yeah we no. watched naked gun was on tv the other night and i, I sat and watched it it's got Remar ricardo Montalban is the bad guy so you know how bad can it be i'd be remiss if i didn't play this one we got to play this one because this has been uh on and off of my cell phone as my ringtone for a long time now we've already talked about this gentleman and the power of his mustache Brace yourself. <laughs> How can you not want to go after some, I don't know, jewel thieves or... You, I just want to tear around in a Ferrari, really. <laughs> wearing shorts and being hairy. Oh, the power of that Ferrari. Man, you know that they, yeah. they actually went back and named that that model, that urine color, as the Magnum Ferrari. I had no idea, but they Collectors should. Collectors are big into it, and there's not many of them. Really? Wow. I don't remember the exact number, but my memory wants to say something like a thousand of those Magnum-style Ferraris exist still. I wonder if... Yeah, there's a, a, a famous radio DJ here is also famous for collecting Ferraris and he's he's actually got something like the world's largest private collection of Ferraris now and I, I wonder if he has one because they're just awesome and that was an awesome show I'm gonna get I started watching it on Netflix and I think I'm gonna persevere and carry on and keep watching it and it's all about that crossover episode with Murder She Wrote <laughs> I still can't get over that. That's incredible that they actually did that because they they just seem to be so incompatible. I know. I mean, it's, it's they're both sort of murder mystery kind of shows, but one is a little old lady and one is a, a Vietnam vet ladies' man. It's very strange. It really is, isn't it? It's they, not. They're for entirely different audiences. I know that the formats are somewhat similar. Yeah, they both go on the murder mystery whodunit kind of, um, you, you know, just, one of them was for people 18 to 24, and one of them was for people 80 to death. Yeah. They should have got together with Columbo and formed a really crap version of the Avengers. They'd have been unstoppable. No murder would have gone unsolved with the combined powers of Jessica Fletcher, Thomas Magnum, and Mr. Columbo. 
And if they had added in this one, they would have been even more indispensable. had to make a point of beating you to it because i knew you had it in your list yeah it's on there i knew it was locked and loaded and ready to go do you know it was another show i barely ever watched really i just never got into airwolf it fits into that time frame where it was right at the same time as like the original battlestar galactica and the dukes of hazard where i was just a tiny bit too young to really be watching it while it was airing well, I, I do remember it being on here the first time, but Knight Rider, it just felt like, oh, you're doing Knight Rider again, but with a helicopter. Even at the time, at the age I would have been when it came out, I felt a little bit conned, just a little bit, oh, this is just Knight Rider with a helicopter. I that seemed to be the thing, though, during that time. It was muscular, manly man, plus unique type of vehicle, yeah, plus crime fighting. Minus, like, a, an actual police officer. Yeah. Because they were always self-deputized. I did enjoy Street Hawk, which was Knight Rider with a motorbike. And, yeah, same thing. And, and it fit into every every criteria you just said. Sort of ex-police officer, mercenary sort of thing with a fancy bike with a laser gun on the front. And a turbo boost move mode that would have just killed him. I'm sorry. But that, that whole thing where you, he presses the button and it shows his bike going at 250 miles an hour. And it was fun as a kid, but looking back now, it's like, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some physics involved there. That it's not just a case of making the bike go 250 miles an hour. Were uh, you a big biker when you were a kid? No, I hate motorbikes. No, not motorbikes. I'm talking bicycles. Oh, yeah, I went everywhere on my bike. Me too, my 10-speed. And I remember I was probably 8 or 9, trying to go as fast as I could. I actually got a speedometer for my bike, just for fun, because what else are you going to do with your $15 allowance when you're, you know, 8? Yeah. So I got that going. I think the fastest I ever got my bike up was like 25, and that hurt like hell. Yeah, I, I did something similar, and I don't think I got anywhere near 25 either. You get going down a hill... The wind's going right in your eyes. You're basically crying because you are you don't have any protection. You're trying to hold on because you're getting pushed back by the wind. I can't imagine 200 and something. No, it would be mental. You'd just be killed. It would, it would just be like a very unique bike was found in a burnt-up wreckage today, and we tried to identify part of the man, but we have no idea what he used to be. It would just be, ex you'd just die, really. <laughs> it's just one of those things. But it worked well on TV. It did. I was actually, I read an article on, on I think it's crack.com last night, about, this is a little bit of a tangent, it was about things that were in TV shows that were based on real life, but had to be toned down for TV to make them in some way believable. See, it's usually the other way around, because it's always the CSI effect. Yeah, that. well, that was the point of the article, was like, you think it's always, they make stuff up, but sometimes real life is even more surprising to the point where you won't believe it so what were they citing let me see if i can find it i can remember a couple there was one have you ever seen the wire 
Um, I have seen bits and pieces of The Wire, but I kind of held back because I haven't had time to sit and watch it properly. And it seems to me like that's one that you have to not just have on in the background. You you have yeah. to be rooted to it. Yeah, you you absolutely do. Well, there's a there, there is an, an an incident at some point in The Wire where our character jumps out of a fourth story balcony and isn't just killed, and that's based on a true life event of the person that that character is based on in real life doing something similar. But in real life, he jumped from a sixth floor balcony window and survived. And they thought that would just be too ridiculous to show on television. So they toned it down a bit. And even then, when you watch the real thing, you're like, oh, that dude's just dead then, isn't he? Um, I'm hoping by the fact that he gets up right away doesn't mean I've just spoiled that TV show for you. But <laughs> it really is 30 seconds of five seasons of television. So I, I, I have to say a lot more. Um, and there were other things, there's things, it, they mentioned the, the changing of the size of the Statue of Liberty's head in Cloverfield, because that, that they had to make much bigger so that it looked like it was real. Yeah, it's, it's in- incredibly tiny. The Statue of Liberty is not anything as large as you think it is. No. Um, and also the other one I can remember, there were more than this, I'm just being rubbish at remembering. They covered, uh, the character, t- the guy Tom Cruise plays in, um... What's the film where he's a Nazi, the Brian Singer one? I can't remember the title now. Film where he's a Nazi? Quite recent one. The guy who tried to kill Hitler. Oh, uh, something Wolf or Eagle or... Oh, God, when you type Tom Cruise into Google, it doesn't go straight to his IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on then. Let's see what it was. Not Van Helsing. Oh God, is he doing Valkyrie? Valkyrie, that was it. Quite a poor film. I didn't enjoy it, but yeah, apparently the guy was far more badass in real life than even they portrayed him in the film. Like he, he was just indestructible to some degree, and really made work of that. God, Tom Cruise has got some horrible things coming up. I must close that page before that's the rabbit hole we get sucked down. Let me play another one because this is a weird one. I hated the show. But it's such a cult classic within the science fiction realm. You might well know it. And there'll be people who hear this that go, oh, that's just the best show ever. To Mission those... Impossible 5. Yeah, I know. You made me look. Yeah. Sorry, go on with the theme. <laughs> um, so to those people who, who like this, and I will say this to you, you're worse than Doctor Who fans and shut up telling me this is the best TV show ever, right? Because it's not. That's all I'm going to say to you people. That's actually a three-minute track. I had no idea. Do you recognize that at all? Nowhere even in the realm. Thank God. It's I'm the... going to guess Dark Shadows. No, it's The Prisoner. <laughs> the Prisoner. Now, was this the one where it was the guy on the island? Yeah. And couldn't get away, and it was number six or whatever. Yeah, and every time he tried to get away, the big bubble appeared and got him. That I way. watched a little bit of the remake that was on AM. C was it on AMC? 
I think I it know was. they did a remake. My God. A couple of years ago, yeah. Um, I'm surprised I a lot of men with beards didn't cause uproar when that came out. God. It's... The Prisoner was a show... Again, I think it was made in the 60s. It has that feeling, or early 70s. And it, there were probably about six episodes in existence, and it never actually finished its story, as far as I'm aware, um, before it was cancelled. But people love it. It has a really, really strange following. And it's because, as well, the, the place it was shot, <clears throat> which is quite a, a unique place. I want to say Port Marion, but that doesn't sound entirely right i heard good things about the remake from people who i trust and i should have probably stayed with it it's uh 2009 it did air on amc uh which is if you're not from the u.s that's the uh tv station that produces the walking dead and uh breaking bad and a lot of those better kind of cable tv shows it starred ian mckellen and james caviezel right oh that that might have been okay, actually. Yeah. Well, Ian McKellen's a mark of greatness. Yeah. That's that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um. So God, yeah, you can go to the place where they filmed it, and we've driven past it a couple of times. It's called Port Marion, and it's a very, very unique place. It was kind of, as I understand it, this place was built by one dude, who kind of liked lots of things from around the world. And so made copies of things and moved things. And so nothing that is there looks like it should be in Wales. And nothing matches. And it's all very strange. And as it's a village, but you have to pay to go in it and you can't take your dog, even though it's just a little Welsh village. It's quite a bizarre little place. But that's well, What would something need to look like in order to look like it should belong in Wales? I'm just I'm curious what's the what's the stereotype of Wales? Um is it like the the rundown west country? I don't know really. I'm just trying to find Is it the West some... Virginia of Britain? <laughs> I'm just trying to find some good pictures. There's some ter- they're tricking me on the website. They've got a a slideshow with one photo on it. I have a vested interest in this since my family is actually from Wales. I am of Welsh descent. Do, I should know this. Do a Google search for Port Marion, which is P-O-R-T-M-E-I-R-I-O-N, all one word. And just look at the images that come up on Google. And to answer your question, what does Wales look like? Not like anything in any of those photos that will come up on that Google image search. They're going to give me the royal link stuff, right? They're going to what, sorry? The the house of the 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 stuff that's linked to the royals. No, what? There's no royal stuff there. I thought that half of British royalty came from Wales. No, uh, they're all Germans. Oh, we have a prince of Wales, but it's not like he's in charge there or anything. I see. He generally spends a lot of time gardening and moaning about stuff. My dad met him a while ago. He's apparently a thoroughly nice chap. I'm going to cover up my ignorance by playing another TV theme. Okay. He's also <laughs> next in line for the throne as well. So when the queen resigns, he gets the job. It's Prince Charles. Wait, who are... Okay, all right. I was going to say, yeah. wasn't it Diana, Princess of Wales? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm, I'm really curious to know whether you are familiar with this one because this is a great show. I actually wanted to be a lawyer at one point when I was a little kid because of this show. But I'm sure that as happens with TV shows about courtrooms, it probably wasn't an accurate portrayal of what actually happens. And I think that this is one with a really long lead in, so whatever. Let it go a little bit longer because I really, really like that one. It's an awesome theme tune. It's Perry Mason, isn't it? It is Perry Mason, the, the Raymond Burr one from way back in the day. And I never saw it when it was in black and white and when he was a young man. I always saw the ones in the 80s where he came back as a an older, more distinguished gentleman, let's say. Right. I've never seen any of them. I didn't know there was, uh, didn't know there was a black and white one. It was kind of the, the pre-Boston legal, I think, it, w- without really some of the, I don't know how to, the, the cartoonish aspects of Boston legal. Right. God, I need to watch that show again so much. I know it's good, isn't it? Yeah. James Spader. I love that guy. Just need to, yeah, I absolutely need to watch that again. But Perry Mason, yeah, I would never saw Perry Mason. Is that is that one on Netflix as well? I don't believe it is. Right. But you play a theme, I'm going to check Netflix. Let me see, what have I got? I've just done a search for the prison, so it's taken all my things away. TV themes. I'm Tyler actually, Perry Mason is Medea. No, that's not going to work. I'm actually running low now. Um, were there any suggestions on the forum? Oh, people have put up a lot here, haven't they? There's been a lot of activity in this thread on the forum. People it's, love these theme songs. It really is a popular thing. I mean, They like a lot of cartoons, which we don't really skew into the cartoons in this one. Well, here's one to cover, because this is a, a timeless classic, and I don't think we've played it, and we absolutely should. I'll put, this is coming off of YouTube, then. I think I have to stop it there or I'll play the whole thing. <laughs> now there's one if you want to check out Netflix. There's like 83 different incarnations of Spider-Man cartoons available on Netflix. Oh, I have been watching... Oh, so many Marvel comic book things on Netflix. Just so They're good, many. aren't they? Well, there's actually ones on the UK ones that aren't on the US ones. Like what? I'm just going there now to make sure I get them all. It might make you a bit sick, because I've been just... watching all of them, and they're amazing. <laughs> just for Spider-Man here, we've got Spider-Man, the one that ran from 94 to 97, the 67 collection, so you're going way back with that one. Yeah. Uh, the 81 cartoon, the 2003 cartoon that has Neil Patrick Harris as the the voice of uh, Peter Parker. You've got Spider-Man Unlimited, which is uh, the MTV one that came in 99. You've got Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. And then 
I think that covers it. Yeah, we have those. But Spider Woman, if you want to count Spider Woman. The is that the Agent of Sword? Right, the well, the motion comic. Yeah. Well, we have also, in addition to those, the actual Spider Woman nineteen seventy nine cartoon series. I wasn't even really aware that that was a cartoon <coughs> at any point. Yeah. We there's a whole season of it. I don't know how many episodes that actually constitutes. I will just go and look. Uh, 16 episodes. So there's that. There are 13 episodes of the 1966 Captain America cartoon. Which is only just a step above sort of motion comic sort of stuff. There's the 1966 Thor series. Um, What else have we got? Don't forget the more recent Richard Grieco Thor. I didn't know about that one. It's terrible. Right. It's like one of those half-star movies. Oh, I see here there's the 1978 Fantastic Four series. There's the classic 92 to 96 X-Men series. No, we have that one, and we have the more recent Fantastic Four one that came out about the same time of the the crappy Sony movies. Right. Um, What else? There's Submariner. I've been watching that as well. There's just so many. And I used to... The, these were what I used to get on on VHS when VHS rentals began. Back in those days. Very early 80s. Because, uh, you know, that's the age I was. And this was brilliant stuff for me. This Those cartoons are pretty much the source of my entire knowledge of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> now, the, the more modern Marvel stuff, do you have that? Like Planet Hulk and Hulkverse and... Thor, Tales of Asgard, and that, that sort of stuff that they've been putting out here recently. Let's see. There's a 1982 uh, Incredible Hulk and 1996-97 Incredible Hulk. Which, bizarrely enough, one, I, I've just done a search on Netflix for the word Hulk. And it's given me two Hulk things. And then the third thing it's brought up is the roast of David Hasselhoff. So nice. So, make of that what you will. Uh, then... Next Avengers Heroes of Tomorrow, which looks like a kind of Avengers kids thing. I've watched it. It's a one-shot uh, one shot little movie about the kids of the Avengers right. after the Avengers die. Oh, right. The Avengers die. Yes, they do. They get killed. That's upsetting. Spoilers. Right. Um, now that's all that's coming up there. Oh, Hurley Burley is on there. Never mind. Ignore that comment. Along the same lines as funny Netflix search flubs. When I searched Spider-Man earlier, the, uh, after the Spider-Mans that I read off, the next thing was Sarah Silverman, Jesus is Magic. <laughs> so, not sure how that fits in there. No, me either. And Mike in the chat room is asking, is the old Iron Man cartoon on? Yes, it is. The 94 to 97 one. Oh, Iron Man. I should do a search for that. Hang on. Let's see what comes up. Did we get the second movie the other day? Yes, we did. But yeah, well, we have been on Netflix here for forever, but I've fallen asleep three times trying to watch it because it's just not good. You, why spend an hour and a half wondering why John Favreau is in a film when I can just tell you no reason and avoid the film? <laughs> um, John Favreau is a much much better director than he is an actor. Absolutely, I don't have any problem. You know, I don't even really have problems with him as an actor. I just saw no reason for him to be in that film whatsoever. Like, why have you given yourself that role? Because it's not that good a role and you're not that great at it. They just wanted to do a nod to a classic comic book character that is really never addressed. And what is it? Is it Happy Hogan? I don't know the character name. 
it's one of the side Iron Man characters, and they just wanted to shoehorn it in to get it in there. Right, fair enough. But Appeal then again, to the fans. Any film with Scarlett Johansson in is probably worth watching, except Lost in Translation. I was going to say the exact opposite. Lost in Translation is probably the only Scarlett Johansson film that's worth watching. Oh, what about that one with uh, Matt Damon and the zoo? I haven't seen that yet. That might be there. Uh, it won't we be bought there. a zoo? Yeah. It's I'm like, going to skip that one. Yeah, I saw the trailer and it was like, this is, got, this is a film for women who want yes. to watch Matt Damon being lovely. And then it's into that same category as Water for Elephants. Yeah, and then they go, "Oh, Scarlett Johansson's in it." And they go, "Oh, well, I'll probably watch that then. That's that's it then." But I won't enjoy it. Hey, as long as we're talking about superhero slash comic book kind of stuff, I'm not sure if this guy ever had one, but you'll know this right off the bat. Austin, astronaut, a man barely alive. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. We have the capability to make the world's first bionic man. Steve Austin will be that man. Now, that one wasn't actually the Bionic Man. It was a $6 million man. But you could be thrown. I understand how you could be thrown by that title. What was the difference? Uh, The $6 million man was the name of the show. Yeah. And the Bionic Man wasn't. Right. Okay. Fair enough. People what, just get it confused. Was there a thing called the Bionic Man? I'm pretty sure that there That was, was a Bionic Woman show, wasn't there? That's what it was. Right. Question. Why did they need somebody who'd been blown up to make better? I think it's one of those uh, human experimental kind of ethics things. Right. Like, if you're really fucked, it's all right to finish you off. But you mustn't start with someone who's relatively all right and mess them up. Right. Like, it, okay. it, if it's to save a life, then it's acceptable. If it's just for body morphism, then screw it that's that's unethical it's right people have enough. this weird thing about science and and people they're they're perfectly fine to replace a blown knee but would you opt in to get a new knee if it would make you run three times faster yes of course you would yes but i'd I st- be willing to bet that 90 percent of americans would say no that's on it i am maintaining my position which i don't know if i've said on this show at all but i've definitely said this on tech it or leave it I expect that to be a decision you face in the next 10 years. I hope that it is. But it's all well and good saying, oh, I don't know, it's going to happen, and it's going to happen in the next 10 years before somebody can go, not just, we'll replace your arm that fell off or whatever, but, hey, this arm's just better than your arm anyway. So would you like it? I, I hope that that's the case. I just, I'm not very optimistic that it's going to be the case look at look at how long it's taken people to wrap their heads just around stem cells are people over that yet really no. i know? mean i would say that there are certain progressive elements of society that are over that but by and large it's still viewed with extreme disdain because of its supposed connection to abortion right right fair enough bionic people it's gonna happen I honestly see, like, we're going to be like the Borg. That's, that, I think, is the inevitable future of the human race, should we ever survive ourselves for the next 50 years or so. God, I'm I don't believe, we're going to be I? like. 
I don't think we're going to be like the Borg as far as a collective goes, but yeah, body modification, definitely. We're already going that way with Google Glass. Yeah. So my question is, if you can have a bionic arm or whatever, and then one would assume two bionic arms and bionic legs and everything else, if there's that level of data input to an in that data I.O. from the human brain to a computer, then why do you need to wear Google Glasses? Why can't that just be a little chip you have implanted or something like that? And because then they can't sell you another chip without doing another surgery. That's that might be the only saving grace of it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you don't want to get it's, stuck with version one, do you? Exactly. It's planned obsolescence. It's like that. God, watching The Simpsons the other night when in the future, when email goes straight to your brain and Homer opens one with a virus, it's <laughs> it's the it would happen. It really would happen. So it would I don't know. I don't know. Give it 10, 15 years. We'll see where we are. Yeah. It's going to happen. Along those lines, try this one. Do you know, I feel this was a theme tune that promised a lot more than the show actually ever delivered. Okay, I'm going to have to take a guess. Is it by any chance? Buck Rogers? It is. It is Buck Rogers in the 25th century. I had it on my list too. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There was a show for you. That I did. Do you know what? I loved that show. I've I've watched a lot of it forgotten everything i ever knew about it but i i know i sat in front of that as a kid a lot a lot a lot but you know what i always got that confused with the uh the bad guys from buck rogers and the bad guys from battlestar it was a similar sort of thing wasn't it and then throw that in with the bad guys from uh shoot what's the 1984 movie with the kid who plays the video game to qualify to or go to space. What's that? Uh, oh, um, it's on the shelf. Why can't I remember it? Not. I, you, damn, I have that on here. Hang on, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> Let me do a search for movie themes now. Uh, God, what uh, is it? Why can't I? Ah, oh, the last starfighter. Thank you. Googling curiously <sighs> over here. I was about to have an aneurysm. That was, yeah. Why didn't that show up in my? Search the last stuff. Yeah, I have that actually. That's handy here. Zur and the Kotan Armada. Same kind of general thing. The bad guys. Yeah, the bad guys in space. Oh. With their not quite stormtrooper outfits. The best thing I remember about Book Rogers was they. It used to be on six o'clock weeknight tea time. Uh, and it was kind of like the, the, the fact it was on at six o'clock means if you're really lucky and your dad's not home yet, you can put on BBC two and watch this instead of the six o'clock news on BBC one. Kind of like a little extended half an hour to your evening of television before it becomes adult time. And 
on this one particular episode, Buck said the word funking. Nice. And, oh, the the outcry. Because you can't say that word quickly and it sound like what you're saying. And what if even if you did, it's it's borderline. And people went mental at that. And the BBC, which is what? what? Which is what? Which is showing the old TV show. It's not full of swearing. Leave us alone. It's just Buck Rogers. But he said funking. And people didn't like that. It was a very groovy era. It was. It certainly lots was. Of, lots of funk. The, you know, the 2400s. Crazy funky time. Lots of shiny stuff in space. God, I missed that show. I've got to watch that show again. I think that one's on Netflix as well. <laughs> Buck Rogers is. I think so. Oh, that could be a real-time suck. Um, let's see. Oh, no, I think I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Oh, no, I'm searching the UK Netflix. Give me just a minute. I will come back to that as I switch over my uh, DNS location. Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Jill Gerard, Aaron Gray. That's going in. Is it? Is it there? It is. It's awesome. there. Look at this lineup. All this stuff that we could be watching. Knight Rider, Magnum, Star Trek, Quantum Leap, A-Team, the, the old Lou Ferrigno, Incredible Hulk. There's just so many, and I intend to just work through them all. Kolchak. I'm I'm constantly amazed at the number of UK-based TV shows that there are on the American Netflix. There's a really? lot of them. Yeah. I'm surprised you get the in-betweeners. Really? I, I don't know it. It's I believe there's an American remake of it about to happen. Uh, huh. And I, I don't know how well it'll translate. Peep Show, it's... It, it's just very strange to think of you guys seeing these things. And I so, think that since the rise of the internet age, we have been more accepting and more embracing of things, especially from Britain because of the, you know, the, the common language. Um, it started with a lot of the NBC remakes of British shows, the, the office being the primary one, I think, but ever since then, uh, and, and since Shaun of the Dead too, we've really been embracing a lot of that. Good, good. Oh, dinosaurs is on here. Yeah, it is. Oh my god, I haven't seen Dinosaurs since it was first on. Lisa and I almost popped that on the other day. (sighs) Almost. And then we said, you know what, we we actually remember this show. It it wasn't good. Really? It was huge over here. Oh, it was huge over here too. Just objectively though, from a critical standpoint, it was not good. There's only so many times that you can hear not the daddy, or not the mama, or whatever the the god... Yeah. Not the baby, whatever the damn catchphrase was. Not the mama. That's how, That's what the baby called the, the father. I was just going to say, as a little joke, you must be looking forward to that day when Rylan looks at you and calls you not the mama. Because that's, that's it. You know, she's starting to get a little bit lippy. Is she really? That's why I've been practicing my dad's stuff. I've I've been watching this show in the mornings before I go to work just to get ready for it. Right. Learning all my dad lessons. One of my all-time favorites, that show. I never would have guessed. Yeah. You, you never mentioned I it. Might, it might have come up, I think. I might have said it once. A while ago, though. You'd have to have been listening to me for like six years to have heard me say <laughs> that, I think. But yeah. Oh, I love that show. And it, 
it's not awful, you know, looking back, because I've been watching it recently, because I not? disagree. It's not awful. It I got, don't think it quite falls into awful territory, but it's definitely dated. You say this is certainly a product of the 90s as much as MASH was a product of the 80s. Oh, absolutely. It, it's, this whole sensibilities behind home improvement are so different from anything that would get aired on TV now. If you tried to put home improvement on TV right now, it would be canceled inside three weeks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can put it on now. Um, Actually, I don't know. Not as it stood. You could probably remake it or do a, an up-to-date version of it. Uh, do you mean like the whole male outlook on things? I mean the male outlook on things, but also the wholesome family dynamic the, the shows that i see right now that are about families aren't about that they're about how do you handle dysfunction and what happens when you have people in your family who are so dysfunctional that you can't talk to them see that's that bothers me because it's so serious i'd much rather watch a show about a guy who accidentally glues his head to a table that's they're not just... even that serious though i mean look at shows like modern family or arrested development they're totally slapstick shows they're very well written they're very smart but they're not moral of the week anymore. They're not about what can we learn. They're not about, you know, imparting some sort of a lesson in 22 minutes. Oh, no, I think that's that's just a changing sign of the times, though. I mean, that that is just a phase that popular culture went through, I think. And maybe it will come back one day. Do you know, while you mention it, I honestly think that because you mentioned Modern Family, I have to say that I think that will become known as one of the great sitcoms of all time. I wish that I had gotten on board with it because it's always been in a time slot where I have had something else that I've had to do, whether it's work or recording or working on something at home, you know, or the kid or whatever it is. I've probably seen 10, 11 episodes of Modern Family and every time I really like it. Yeah, just I it, haven't gotten around to watching it. I think it's one of the best collection of characters on a single show that have ever been put together. Especially since it was billed as a spiritual spiritual successor to Arrested Development. Right. Which you know is like... Yeah, it's not. That's Jason Central. Yeah, right? absolutely. But it, it's not. Like, I don't think it's, it could be compared to Arrested Development at all. Other than it's about a family. That, it has some of the same writers and same of the, the some of the same joke structures. All right, and it has kind of that same "how uncomfortable can we make you before we make you laugh" kind of. Element the, there are a lot of moments like that. Um, I I I do love it so much, and like you said, every time I watch it, I end up enjoying it because it's just hard not to. You know, watching old sitcoms, especially a lot of the ones that we've been talking about. You can see, as a modern viewer with all the background and all the TV that you and I have watched, you can see the jokes coming from a mile away. That setup is so telegraphed. Oh, yeah. And shows like Modern Family and Arrested Development took that and they said, okay, we're still going to telegraph the jokes, but how cleverly can we do it? And that, that's kind of what I like. That's my sense of humor. Yeah. I, I, like, I think if, I share if that with you. Set it up, then set it up and turn it on its head, you know? Yeah. They, they are good at that. They are very good at that. It's it's happily become one of my favourites. Uh, it really has. I'm just looking through the uh, British TV section of Netflix now. God, there's some stuff. I have you ever seen Green Wing? Have I asked you that? It's it, it's not even a name I've heard. Right. I'd be interested to to see what the next time you get the chance to just 
watch a bit of something or, or something like that. You know, just sort of work your way through. Because I'd, I'd be interested to know what you make of some of these British TV shows. Especially the older stuff. Because there's some stuff here that is so quintessentially British. Just, I, I, I'm surprised it translates in any way, shape or form. And I, I'm not sure it will. So uh, I, I'd be interested to see what you'd watch and think that was garbage. And I'd be outraged at that thought. <laughs> I th- you see, I think Only Fools and Horses might go that way. If you, if you ever get to see that. I've tried watching only fools and horses and i can't remember a bit of it i only remember that i thought really R- really yeah i know but it's over here it's it's a lot of people would say it's just one of the best television programs ever and it ran for a million years and everything it was just i briefly as a teenager enjoyed watching late night on on our public broadcasting stations they would show are you being served and i thought hey at the time this is kind of funny this is like taking a little tiny bit, a little tiny, more sane corner of Monty Python and kind of trying to compress it into a sitcom format. Right. Yeah, hated Are You Being Served. Not not a good example of British comedy. That, I could see what they were doing. I mean, it, yeah. it was clearly the Drew Carey model. Well, very much a product of its time as well. Very much a product of its time. Very 70s and uh, very, well, yeah. I think anyone who's seen it would know what I was talking about there. Anyway, and it was kind of the same kind of the same problem with um, Faulty Towers. On Kevin's recommendation, I've tried watching it several times. I, I think, I think if you've missed the boat on some of these shows, you cannot get back on the boat. You didn't get on with Faulty Towers because that that is the one I would say is the best sitcom ever made, but bar none. The there are some that you feel might have come close. But I, I kind of think that when you go back and watch a, an episode of Faulty Towers, you realize now there's there's just nothing that comes close to it. The, Maybe it was just the mood that I was in or the time frame in which I approached it or something environmental. I have no idea. But when I tried watching it, I was just like, ah, this is not this is not designed for me. This is not designed for my type of thinking. Do you by any chance remember which one it was you watched? I think I jumped into the middle, which was probably another issue. See, they're all kind of standalone. It's not like it's a you-need-to-watch-it-from-the-beginning kind of thing. And there's only 12 of them. And they're all totally independent of each other. Uh, so you you can just watch one at random, I think. Uh, and there are some that are... The, German, the one with the Germans is the most famous one where Basil gets the bump on the head, Germans check into the hotel, and he can't not make fun of them over the war and ends up doing the Hitler walk and various other things it's it's excruciatingly funny but oh well if you don't like it don't like it can't make you <laughs> i can try yeah. every time that you say that i need to like something you know that i go back and try it again that's that's I, good because that's more chance than i would ever give anything <laughs> when somebody I feel bad for not liking something that has that kind of fan base and history to it yeah, that's the thing with it. it. It really is the best written sitcom of all time. It took him a month to do each episode. A month to write 25 minutes of television. Just crazy. It's just it's, so, oh. it's the same thing with Red Dwarf, because I feel so guilty every time somebody says, oh, no. Red Dwarf is great. No, do you know what? The first sort of four or five seasons of Red Dwarf were great, and then they just started making garbage. 
and now there's a TV channel here that is paid to make more garbage, really, from it. So there's more Red <laughs> Dwarf coming in. There are people who will actually send me death threats for me saying that, but I don't, I don't care. Uh, it's it's a truly awful show now, and the fact that they're they're making more is just soiling any good memories that I had of the originals, which, when you look back, aren't that great, really. It was just unique when it came along. It's it's still pretty unique, I suppose. Uh, but I I don't know. Tristan loves it, right? Loves it. If he could have Red Dwarf's babies, that's what he'd do. But I can't stand it. Was was the intention to have something like what would happen if Douglas Adams wrote Star Trek? I kind of felt it was yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You kind of felt it's it was almost like a Douglas Adams thing, just not as good. Um, I don't know. It's just it, it was okay. I I just if you don't like it, I totally understand and wouldn't be upset by you not liking that show at all. You know, it's the kind of thing that I wouldn't even attempt to put it on if Allison was home, and it, I wouldn't voluntarily put it on anyway. There'd have to be it, nothing it else get- on TV. It would just get slapped down. Is yeah. that what you're saying? It'd just be yeah. not Red Dwarf. It's like there's some things you can you watch that I will tolerate, but I'm not tolerating Red Dwarf. Turn it off. And you totally <laughs> understand, although I don't have that veto power over anything. Looks like we're getting ready for me to enjoy the new series of Celebrity MasterChef. Oh, boy. I'm looking Is that another Gordon Ramsay property? No, no, it's it's... Oh, it's it's like I think the your equiv- your closest equivalent would be Top Chef. Okay. That right. that sort of thing. And lots of crying and I can't believe I didn't win. Like yeah, because that means the BBC come and take your things and stop you ever cooking. It's like shut up, you just didn't win a teleprogram. If you if you want to open a restaurant, it has nothing to do with whether or not you won this game show. Stop crying. So there's another thing. It's it's just going to highlight the same problem that I've got. I've watched an unhealthy number of episodes of Top Chef with Lisa at Lisa's behest. And I'm going to, you know, admit I don't hate it. But you start getting into that Gordon Ramsay bullshit and I just want to blow a hole in the TV. I want to go to Walmart. I want to wait for two weeks until I get my background <laughs> checked. I want to get my rifle. I want to take it home and I want to blow the television to smithereens. Yeah. They don't include podcast content in background checks, do they? Because I think now you might not, you might not do that. As long as I'm not threatening anything important, and yeah. I, I don't think that Gordon Ramsay fits there. No, I mean, don't shoot Gordon Ramsay. Shoot your own TV. That's that's your business. You know, I can see it not going down well with with your wife, but you know, it's your TV at the end of the day. None of my business. So, should we wrap this up then? I think we should. I've got to get to an Atomic Trivia War 9000 recording, but this has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed this. I still have 22 theme songs left. I, I feel kind of bad. There's some classics in there. Uh, maybe we should revisit this again in the future sometime. Oh, I think we should. Absolutely. Is there anything in particular you want to get to next time? Anything? We, do you know what? We should do that, that film we've been talking about for a while. You think we should do that? Have you gotten a chance to watch it? No, not yet, but I will by next week. You know what? It's going to be Tuesday at six thirty, and you're going to say, uh, "Jason, yeah, do you do you mind if we do theme songs again for a third week? Because I haven't I haven't had a chance to watch Raising Arizona." Do you know what? I feel bad. What makes me feel worse is that I do watch <laughs> other films as well, and so it's like, well, clearly me saying I didn't have time is just a lie, because I I watched the Muppet movie, so 
you know, clearly that could have been time I spent watching Raising Arizona. The so, original Muppet movie or the Muppets? No, the new one, the Muppets. I saw that for the first time the other day. I watched it this week too. I, I mean, for like the ninth time. But. I, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Enjoyed it a lot. And we also watched the Planet of the Apes movie, which I enjoyed, and Limitless with Bradley Cooper and Robert De Niro. Yeah, hated that one. I, I, I got along with it. I, I, I think I was just swept along with the concept of there being a drug that could do that. It was flowers for Algernon without the complication of mental retardation. Right. I'm unfamiliar with flowers for Algernon. So, right. Never mind. Yeah. Anyway. It's wrapping this up. Yeah. So, <laughs> thank you for listening, everybody. You guys in the chat room there, bless you. I'm sorry I haven't looked at it again. Hey, there's quite a lot of people there. If you'd like to join us live in the chat room, more often than not, we do this show live at midnight on a Thursday. That's midnight UK time, which I believe is 7 o'clock. Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, which is at simplysyndicated.com slash radio. So you can join us there. If you want to get in on the forum, that's at simplysyndicated.com slash forums. Uh, there's buttons on the website. You'll find it. And also, don't forget, our new store is up and running and working perfectly now. Now I've eliminated every problem caused by me spelling the names of films wrong. Turned out there were two. That was what was stopping some things. Uh, so that's all sorted. Uh, go and check things out there. We've got loads of stuff and more stuff coming. All those old episodes of movies you should see, which shall be making a return very soon, hopefully. And uh, other things as well. Make it so's. Go and catch up on those before we make new ones, because that's coming as well. There's lots to be looking forward to and getting involved with. Is there anything else we need to cover? I think that just about cuts it. Unless you want to maybe mention that Simply Syndicated runs basically on the kindness of strangers. And if you are a stranger who likes what we do, there's a big gold button right at simplysyndicated.com and it says donate. And if you just want to treat that like a tip jar, throw a dollar, two dollars, twenty thousand dollars, however much you want to throw in there. Uh, we'd really appreciate it because it costs a surprising amount to deliver lots of free content to people every week. So if, if you feel like it, if you can afford it, uh, thank you very much. Do you know when we talk about donations, I always wonder about people that listen to podcasts, people like Tim Cook and, you know, just people like that. Because Tim Cook's got an iPhone and he's got a company that makes this podcast app and there's a chance he listens to podcasts and maybe listens to one of ours and i do wonder does he hear his thing say donate and he looks at his iphone and thinks you know what rich i could give you a donation that would change your life and i wouldn't even notice it not gonna though and then he skips on yeah i, I just think about those people fantasy about that about somebody you know saying hey jason quit your job i'm gonna pay you sixty thousand dollars a year you just you just put out podcasts just do that yeah why not what are you what are you doing tim cook could give me like $10 million, like you'd notice. As if he'd notice. It'd be like him just maybe misplacing five pounds. <laughs> you know? Eric Schmidt, what are you doing? You're listening to stuff, aren't you? Are you listening to my stuff? Yeah? Steve Ballmer. Actually, I've I've made fun of you a lot, so I understand if you don't want to donate any money. But you are very <laughs> rich, but I, I also stand by the fact that you do look like Uncle Fester from the original Adams Family television series. Just saying. Okay, I think that's everything. And I've insulted Steve Ballmer just one more time. Okay, thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye. We'll see you next week. <laughs>